Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get into this very special episode, just want to let you know about our sponsor. It's a movie called Sir John A. and the Curse of the Antiquenched. It's about two brothers that have to fight demons while staying drunk. It uh, stars John Dunsworth from Trailer Park Boys, Spenny from Kenny vs. Spenny, and The Diener from FUBAR. You can check it out on iTunes, Amazon, or wherever you get your movies. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Welcome to the Raiders of the Lost Commentary Podcast. Welcome to Jurassic Park. The unofficial commentary for your favorite... Death of the Chopper! ...and not-so-favorite films. The famous comedian, Adam Braunschweiger. Starring your hosts, Adam and Matt. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Start your movie... In three, two, one. All right, everybody. Today on the podcast, we have filmmaker Dakota Esquivel, and we're watching his film, Deadly Crush. Dakota, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? How's Ottawa doing out there? Ottawa is it's all right. You know, Cold? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, today is the first day, well, the eve of the day that pot is legalized countrywide. Wow. <laughs> it's historic. Wow. <laughs> Well, you know, the first time you know the first time I tried pot was like a week ago where there was this critic who liked my stuff and he invited me over to some hotel and he gave me like these, you know, these pot uh, uh, vape. Okay. Just, yeah, yeah. The first time I ever tried. And I, I didn't. I'm, apparently, I didn't do it right because I didn't experience anything. Oh, really? So you, yeah, no. you're crazy. You only got high. That was for the first time. For the first, You know, my mother was a doctor, so I would just hear all these really horrible <laughs> stories about how someone would try pot and all of a sudden, you know, their gonads exploded. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, you know, and she would like, that's what happened to Bruce Lee. You know, <laughs> that's what happened to John Lennon. <laughs> uh, so that's, then I'm like, well, OK, that's a, that's a cautionary tale, you you know. It's a, it's a dangerous thing, though. They did something similar like that in school. They're like, marijuana is the devil. And then they also were like, but also Coke is bad. And it's the same. <laughs> and then so well, you when you try pot, you're like. Oh, but maybe Coke is fun, too. <laughs> From my life experience, every time I go to a party and I smell pot, I know it's going to be a cool time. Everyone's going to be copacetic. Everyone's going to be chill. Everyone's going to be loving, right? And But every time I go to a party and I smell alcohol, I know someone's going to get in a fight. Right? Yeah. I know. So true. I know. Yeah. Um, so back on to your film, Deadly yeah. Crush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was wondering They're if you wonderful. could just uh, maybe tell me a bit about the inspiration about writing it, how it all came about, and um, you know where you got um, locations and all that. We'll, we'll break it down a bit easier than that, but just talk about the inspiration sure. to write the film, maybe. All right. So, um, so the first film I did is called Janked, and it and it got into Cannes. Uh, well, wait. Amazing. Uh, a background on me. Uh, um, I got my uh, what uh, bachelor's in creative writing, my master's in screenwriting from UCLA. Out of UCLA, I worked with Stan Lee, the uh, comic book guy, for about two and a half years. Oh, I was director of his development. Oh. So what would you do with Stan Lee? <laughs> I blew him. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I was director of his development for one of his production companies called New Millennium. And that's wow. where I learned, because uh, I'm a big comic book guy. Nice. And that's I am what, a medium that's comic book to, guy. You what? I'm a what, medium yeah. comic book guy. What does that medium mean? Uh, it means I have a healthy interest of uh, a lot of comics, but I feel like when I, I talk to some comic book nerds, a couple of my friends, and I'm like, oh, I know nothing. 
Are they arrogant? Are they like Jesus Christ? No, 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 not yeah. arrogant. They're more just like they're 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 very happy to explain stuff and tell me about stuff I don't know oh, about. You know, oh, yeah. that's the Canadian uh, sensibility. It could Over be. Here. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of dicks up here too. You know, we just kind of we don't talk about them as much. You like ship them off to uh, the states, huh? Nah, maybe. I don't know. Further up north. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we keep all the nice ones near the border for for uh, you know tourism. For sure. Yeah, the weather, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, anyway, sorry. So, so I went to uh, so I went to Cannes. Uh, uh, it's called Jinked, and uh, it was great. It was awesome. I have a bunch of Harvey Weinstein stories. Oh, really? All of those stories are true, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was freaking nuts. Really? Um, yeah. All the dirt's and, coming and, out on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, taking no, callers. Mean, like, was, uh, after the after the premiere, he invited uh, me, my wife, my actress. A couple actors, and, and he just had this whole hotel floor uh, by himself with us. And he bought us champagne, and he would talk to uh, talk to us about stories about gangs of New York and all this other like. Cra- he had crazy, crazy stories. If this guy had a superpower, it would be charisma. Really, eh? Yeah, I I, I felt myself, you know, uh, I was drawn to my own knees, just you know, just reaching for a handy for this guy. That's that's how charismatic this guy is. That's uh huh that kind of makes sense like you know when you hear stuff like that it's crazy and and, and he's just he's just so full of stories uh anyway but but it, like, that's as as a dirt podcast trust me <laughs> those stories yeah uh, i don't know i don't want, i don't want to blow all you know Ottawa's minds about uh the the depravities that this guy is into oh, no. but uh i i went to the uh, film market because there's an international film market over there okay and when i was and when i was pitching my movie it was like, yeah, kid, you got no stars. Your movie's about a con artist. Like, who gives a fuck about that? And I just got the sense of like, wait a minute. If I'm to make anything, I have to get through that door. Yeah. And it took me a year to figure. I, I, I worked through a bunch of scripts. And the thing that, that I knew would get me through that door is a film that was called Ghost Fucker. <laughs> honest to God, honest to goodness, when we were shooting it, we were calling it Ghost Fucker. We were post. We were calling it Ghost Fucker, and you know, you know, right until the credits were like, "Yeah, I think we should just call it Deadly Crush." I mean, we all have mothers, you know, oh, so let's geez. just call it Deadly Crush. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess there was some pushback against Ghost Fucker, or <laughs> no, no, it was just like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, it it would be Ghost F double asterisk or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, you're 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 already like a. Uh, I mean, it's already not true to whatever the intent was. But that's what got me through the door at AFM. Uh, they were, you know, I would knock on the door and they say, look, kid, we don't want to talk to you. Hey, I got a trailer. It's, it's called Ghostfucker. It stars William Sadler from Shawshank Redemption. You got two minutes and everybody let me in. That's a, that's a good idea. Like in like a, a good uh, lesson, I guess, too, just talking about having provocative titles and or having stars attached. Do you want to talk a bit about uh, getting William Sadler attached to the film? Yeah. So, uh, so this is not a multi-million dollar film. Uh, and we were in our third day of principal photography. And for people out there, principal photography means that you're actually on location and you're shooting. Uh, and it was the third day of our shoot that we were able to lock in William Sadler. That's uh, that's insane. Were you actively going after him or were you going after other people Similar we were to him or? it was the script was out to other people and it was basically to get the cheapest price 
the pitch basically for the for the stars. The pitch basically was, what are you doing tomorrow in the next five <laughs> days? And if you're not doing anything in the next five days, why don't you come over to Yosemite, make some money, and drink with you know with the young crew? That's that was uh, the pitch. That was the pitch, eh? That was the pitch. And, and Bill that's how we got Sadler the crew, was like, eh, I'll, I'll head over. Or? Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. When when he said yes, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Shawshank. The guy is actually. Uh, the president of the United States for the for all of Marvel movies. Yeah, I, I uh, obviously I recognize him in that, and what I, I know him for the most is Die Hard. So. Die Hard too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah kind of, kind of. He uh, doesn't have that same physique. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, he was ripped, uh, I'll backtrack though. it in a second, but I just want to maybe ask you a few directorial questions. So you you get Bill Sadler on set, and then yeah. you know, like you're already you know neck deep in filming you're yep. you're acting in the film as well right yeah if you can call it that i mean i have a wig and i don't have many lines but yeah <laughs> okay uh, but anyway still a bit of pressure you know on yourself and then bill sadler shows up and you know does the tempo or does the mood of the set change a bit and like what are you how are you bringing him up to speed and like directing him to you know, give the performance you want because, you know, just having him there is one thing, but like, you know, you get a, you get a pretty good performance out of him a little later in the film. You know, yeah. how do you bring him up to speed and, and get that? Well, he's such a pro him, um, Courtney Gaines as well. He's from children of the corn. Those guys are pros. So once they show up on set, they've already memorized their stuff. They've already had character breakdowns and you know, we will meet over a drink and talk about what the character is and, and, and what's going on and how they should play him. And William Sadler, I just basically said, look, try and be as charismatic as possible. Uh, you know, just play this bill. Uh, sure, you do some fucked up things, but there has to be some gravitas to what you're doing. Uh, and, and, he, and he did. And here's the thing about these, these, you know, these pros, because I also have a young cast as well. The thing about them is when you say action and they start acting, okay, there you go, and then cut, and then you keep going, whatever. And you don't really notice anything, but it's in post that you actually see these guys do their magic. Uh, everything that they do is consistent. The editing is just so much smoother with them. Um, and, and there's all these little intricacies and proclivities that they do with, I don't know, hand gestures and, and eyebrows and all this stuff. It's just butter to edit. That's uh, uh, that's awesome to hear. And Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it is a craft, man. It's, it really is. It's true. And I, I per, speaking from personal experience, like working with kind of like, you know, smaller time actors and or friends. And then, you know, when you do work with pros, it is that, that, I don't know, that magic, like you say, like, it's just like amazing. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. you, but I only saw it in post though. Like, like, you know, because we had, just, you know, we had only 17 days to shoot this motherfucker. So it's in post when the, like when the editor, when the editor is just pulling his hair out because there was, you know, inconsistencies and we had to do some pickups every, you know, for, to make him relax, he would go back to, to edit William Sadler's and Courtney Gaines scenes. Oh, that's uh, that's kind of cool to think about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, in terms of uh, casting, like the rest of the film, like, uh, do you want to talk about how that went about, and um, just like how long of a pre-production process did you have? Um. So, uh, so uh, the uh, actress Aria London, she was in another film that I wrote. And she kind of came up to me, and she's kind of cool. And she's like, hey, why don't you write a film for me? And, uh, 
and in the course of that year, I wrote four scripts. Really? And, and it, yeah, and it, it was uh, and it was cool. But I, I gave it to her, and she said, "You know what? I really gravitate towards this painter uh, um, uh, role." And I was like, "Look, I mean, I'll I'm shooting straight between the eyes. There's a lot of sex in here, and there's a lot of nudity in here. If we're gonna do this, you're gonna have to be fearless. You're gonna have to. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be all you." And she was cool with it. And on set, she was fearless. That's uh, that's great. I wonder if you could just talk about how you approach filming these sex scenes and, you know, like trying to keep it safe for the actors and actresses and like how you approach getting a performance you're looking for while at the same time, you know, being respectful in that. Um, respectful. Huh. Uh, yeah. I, is respectful the word I'm looking for? Just making it I'm, like a, I'm, an environment that they can yeah, just, work. I'm in, Googling you know? the word right now. I'm, I'm in from California. So, respectful oh okay oh okay uh so yeah so uh it, you know I look, look i made it really clear to her that uh the inspiration of this movie was basically um in high school when i would uh i knew i knew a couple of women who lost their virginity you know to the you know their first boyfriend or whatever and they would just eat a tremendous amount of shit to stay with these boyfriends and it was and you know when i tracked it back uh, you know, to their experiences, it losing virginity to these boys. I mean, that was really key for them to, to you know, uh, go into this possessed relationship. It's, it's, it's basically a possession. Right. And uh, and in the film, uh, the reason why it, it's so sexual is that when the ghost, the first time the ghost goes into her mind, it just so happens at that time she's having a sexual dream. Right. If she was if she was dreaming about books or if she was dreaming about cars, that's how the ghost would have related to her throughout the entire film. But oh. because she was having this sexual dream, all of a sudden now this is the only language that the ghost knows. Oh. And, since, and since ghosts are dead, they have this fugue state, right? They have to they, – they're, they're unable to learn. They're unable to adapt. So they keep repeating this, over, this loop over and over again. Oh, and I think that's – and that's reminiscent of like, you know, like when, when I remember my friends who were in these possessed relationships, they were stuck in this loop. Uh, and that's kind of like where I would explain to Arya, this is where your character is coming from. Um, uh, that's interesting uh, approach to it. I, I like that. Um, and I'm sure she appreciates that when she when she goes to do these scenes. Um, I want to back I also to- What's that? I also had an acting uh, uh, teacher named Eddie Keller, and she actually workshopped the uh, character for four weeks with him. Oh wow! That's uh, yeah. do you want to talk a bit about that? Like, and, and what uh, what a uh, somebody like that would would do for your film? And like, do you hire them on, or is that something where you or where you know, like, is that a friend? How how did that come about? So it's it's, it's all in pre production, uh, especially when it's a character that had the danger of being two dimensional. Uh, I just, Eddie Keller is just a great acting. Well, he's a great actor. He's also a great uh, acting coach. And uh, yeah, I just suggested that, well, it was part of our budget as well that you work, uh, you know, four weeks with Eddie Keller. So you know exactly, you know, where this character is going. So in regards to the respectful thing, I guess our approach was here's the craft, here's the story, here's what the theme is. And here is where your character is coming from. And uh, I think once she workshopped it and once she understood where the script was coming from, then as soon as I yelled action, we were just all, you know, 
all in synergy. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, I just want to point out, like on screen, um, this kind of ghost vision that you do. I really liked what you did there, and I especially like it later in the film when the, the ghost vision kind of turns red. And I, I like how you creatively you worked around maybe not being able to have stuff hover all the time, but still right. being able to move these objects. You want to talk a bit about like these are kind of low budget tricks. Do you want to talk a bit about you know thinking with that low budget hat on in a way? You know. Yeah. So, so uh, since we're low budget, uh, we're also like we're not beholden to any, uh, you know, anybody else. Uh, we just took as many chances as possible. And in, in regards to like the sex, uh, we, we, you know, we were like, OK, so how do we make this so it's not like, you know, I don't know, Debbie does Dallas four or something like that. Right. <laughs> Where she has to wear a cowboy hat and <laughs> right, the whole right. USC rugby team or something like that. Right. So we really mapped out. Um, well, how do we do this in an inventive way? And there's uh, some flashbacks as well, but she's like <clears throat> going through what she was told and trying to weigh out what's true, what's not true. A lot of this stuff, to be frank, when we were doing it, the crew was like, what the fuck are we doing? Really? This makes no – yeah, because like the hovering thing, if you tell anybody who's, who's holding a camera, okay, I'm in a ghostly ether. I want you to move this camera, camera like you're in a ghostly ether. They'll look at you like you're fucking nuts. You should have said like, ghost surveillance, It was, you know? <laughs> That's what, why aren't you, where were you three years ago? I don't know, it could have been an AD to just, you know, like, I don't know, put it in crew yeah. talk, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but I, I really, I do like that. I thought it's kind of a creative approach that, that I'd never seen before. Um, and it's also, it's exposition in a way, too. Like, we're learning about how, the, I, I call it ghost vision. I don't know if that's what you call it. So I'm calling yeah. it ghost vision. Yeah. That could have been another title for the film. Uh, ghost vision? Yeah. <laughs> I also had got, Ghost Dick. That was another title, I thought. <laughs> I think that's a director. A- after you said Ghost Fucker, I, I don't know. I ghost my, Dick? Yeah. Ghost Entry? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do like how it moves back and forth, and and it does kind of like gives you some exposition. Um Arya painted that, by the way. Yeah, I was going to ask that, um, like <laughs> who did the, the art, because it's... it's uh, it's kind of neat. And is she a painter or is it, was it, you know, just- I didn't know. <laughs> it's so like when we did that overhead camera with the, uh, you know, with the three little, uh, you know, three uh, cells and stuff. Um, I didn't know that she was. Okay. And, and then she started painting. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to yell cut. And, uh, and we just, you know, time lapsed it. And it was funny. And in another scene, I was like, okay, you're sketching. You got to sketch, uh, got to sketch something. So then we, we, we did the scene and then I looked at her sketch and she was sketching herself. Oh, that's kind of so cool. you know god bless actresses right at least uh, yeah it's it's good that she actually knew how to paint and it, it didn't come out looking like it is abstract but it, it looks it looks like a good abstract like a real yeah like yeah, a real, yeah. i've seen I, i've done a i've been to a few galleries and uh sometimes you go into that contemporary section and you're like yeah this is on the walls you know yeah i mean i'm a big fan of rothko i don't know if you dig his stuff uh oh, sorry Rothko, Philip Rothko. I might know it. I'm bad with the names. Uh, yeah, he's just one of those guys who committed suicide. It's one of those oh, blocks geez. of color kind of stuff. But the uh, but modern art, it kind of. I'm a, more of a classical guy. I love I love uh, you know Greek and Roman stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Oh, and and uh, Jimmy, the uh, the uh, guy here, he's the uh, he's the only male model in in The Price Is Right. I don't know if you have that in Canada. We do, yes. The Price is oh. Right is very, uh, very popular among the elderly. Oh, it is. 
okay. All right. The price is right. It's like it's like a kind of watching uh, the past. It's like a, a a time warp in a way. Like I don't think you can tell what year it is when it comes on. Like you're like, okay, it's, it's at least the two thousand somethings of Drew Carey's hosting. Yeah, it's like those Mentos. I don't know if you remember those Mentos commercials where you're like, what the fuck? What is that, German? Like, you don't know what's <laughs> going on. Like, it's just a head scratcher. We, we sometimes don't get uh, a lot of the same commercials here. Uh, oh, you don't have Mentos there. We have Mentos, but uh, the commercials are, are different. Like, the any, when we watch the Super Bowl, like, uh, the amazing Super Bowl commercials that you get in the States, right. as soon as that clips on, there's, like, maybe one second you see of, like, that amazing you know, new, oh, wow. new trailer and then they blip in and then it's going to be a Canadian like, sort of like commercial. car sales. Yeah. Used, it's like, hey, come on down to Doug Ford's. Uh, <laughs> we're having a Super Bowl sale and chili cook off. Uh, I love Canada. I love Canada, actually. It, it's fun. It's it's strange. It is like by law that they have to show Canadian commercials. But uh Yeah. I don't know. That's a whole other topic of conversation. Um, do you want to talk a bit about your uh, horror influences, like or influences in general for uh, for horror? Or? Um, oh gosh, I mean, like my all my influences come from different sources. Like, like for me, like I thought True Romance was one of my most, you know, that's one of my most influential films I've ever seen. You ever see Run Lola Run? Uh, don't think I've seen Run Lola Run, but I, I have seen True Romance. What about True Romance? Was it that, that wasn't so inspiring? Um, I loved how if, if you read the original script, it uh, it it wasn't linear. So okay. like in the first twenty pages, it's it's these four different stories, and you don't know who the main character is. And the, and the reason why I loved it is, is that you concentrated on the uh, on the characters. They're the ones who like you know make the story move it's true but that, yeah, that is something yeah but and that's something like about tarantino too right his films yeah. are more character driven than plot driven a lot of times for sure for sure where i, where I think i think deadly question is just completely just plot driven we only had like 75 or 80 minutes or whatever we're like okay we're gonna have to throw as much plot and, and uh you know sex scenes as possible <laughs> Um, if, uh, if you don't feel comfortable answering this, uh, you don't have to, but if you want to talk about budget a bit, we can say sub or above or, uh, oh, it's 125k, 125k, 125k and, uh, 50k guys... for principal and the rest. Well, I guess no, it's 115k actually, uh, uh, 50, 50 K for principal shooting and the rest is post. We had about 275 special effects shots. Right, and, um, and I noticed, yeah, like again, we saw like the the red version of the the ghost vision, but um, right. rape, the, yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to talk a bit about uh, budget, like where money came from, how money works in, in the film business, and and how you piece together getting something like that, or did you have a pre-sale, or no, no, I I did uh, Jake my first film, and even though it didn't uh, um, it didn't get distribution. I actually actively sought uh, um, investors, bankers, uh, relatives, every everybody that I could. I started out with 50k, and I just uh, added on to that. Really? So it was all kind yeah. of self-funded yourself, like you. Absolutely. Did. That's amazing, man! Congratulations. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, it, it was. It. I mean, it really is just all the pitch. The pitch is basically what we call the log line. It has to be a line that uh, pitches itself. Meaning that I'm not in the room with all the exuberance and all the, you know, 
a used car salesmanship. It's just it has to pitch itself. Right. The film is Ghost Fucker, <laughs> about a woman who you know goes to the woods, is seduced by a ghost, uh, and it's consensual sex. Um, you know, people instantly, or at least in California, they think, oh, well, I mean, that's exactly what a 13 to 30 year old you know male is going to click on uh, in their pay per views. And the um, the actual like pitch itself, did you? tailor it to who you were pitching to or for sure yeah eh? for sure. Talk a bit about that like strategy in in trying to approach yeah. certain people or i am so genuinely curious like as a filmmaker myself you know like and looking for money for stuff and like you know like uh there's a lot of grants in canada and like so you're tailoring sure. each grant proposal like yes, this has X amount of Canadian content, and this is la la la. Or you're like yes, this for sure does this X Y and Z. You know. So again, I'm like, I don't know why I'm pitching my first film, but but my first uh, film is about con artists. So I would learn how con artists sort of you know do their tricks of the trade. And there's a thing called a cold read, and basically, and it's the same thing that psychics quote psychics do is that when someone walks into the room you only have a few seconds to cold read what they're wearing how they carry themselves how they talk you know what are they holding what kind of you know clothes you know they're wearing that kind of stuff and you make these assumptions so uh, when i walk into a room and i'm pitching there's different storylines for every film this could be about a woman who's trying to find her creativity this could be about a ghost who's trying to come back from the dead this could be you know about this sheriff who's trying to cover up a crime from his past. It could be about a priest who's, you know, who, who accidentally killed a person and is now, you know, seeking retribution. When I cold read someone walking into the room, I make an assumption and I go with that kind of storyline. That's uh, that's really interesting. And that's also like really great advice too of approaching stuff. And I'm sure you did similar things when you, you talk to actors, actresses, crew even, I'm sure, right? For sure. And, 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 but it's also like uh, a lot of the time because I let actors improv as well. And, and I only yell cut once they're done. So every, every extra thing that the actor does, it invariably just lands in the cut because whatever they come up with is much more organic and genuine than I can ever write. Yeah. And that's so true. Right? And you want to provide an environment for that to take place, you know? Yeah. As opposed to me going, no, you need to do it this way. No, you you miss the word the or and or that kind of stuff. I just let them. I just let them do it. I just you know the, the only thing that I can tell them, the only direction really, other than the intention, but the direction is this is the most important uh, uh, part of your life right now. Action. And that's basic, that's, and that's what they. Uh, that's great. I love hearing stuff like that. Um, real quick, tell me. So you're filming uh, William Sadler, Courtney Gaines. Was there, yeah. did you shoot two cameras just in case, or was there a fear of having the camera on uh, Bill Sadler and then Courtney delivers his best lines of the take or? No, no, no. I mean, these, I mean, we only did, look, we only had 17 days. So we're looking at two to three, uh, uh, you know, takes per, per shot. Um, but I never felt as if like, you know, actors, I mean, you know, once the camera's on them, that's when they shine. So uh, I, I never felt that there was anything in the editing room that we missed because the camera was on someone else. That's uh, that's good to hear. I always scared of that type of stuff. Like when you work with somebody, maybe you only have a short amount of time with, or yeah. it doesn't have to be 
a famous actor or somebody you're, like somebody special, but the, there are actors that like you're like, okay, I, I know not to put the camera on him right away. He needs like two or three takes to warm up. I, right. Like this person usually first take wonder. Did you approach stuff like that, or was that just like the AD dealt with all that type of stuff? No, it was it was it was really structured. However, like uh, whatever you look, I mean, there's a term called God plans, man laughs, right? Like uh, <laughs> like Judy Chin, Judy Tenuta, she's a famous uh, uh, comedian here in the states. She had this great bit with this uh, with this uh, accordion. Her role isn't supposed to be funny. Like you're not supposed to play it funny. She's a, she's a shyster. But because she decided that this, this is what her character is going to be, all of a sudden in the editing room it just became into this comedy bit. Uh, then of course we had to make the score into some wacky jazz kind of tune. Yeah. I, but a lot of but a lot of these uh, uh, I mean a lot of this stuff it just happens. I write this blueprint, but it's the actors who really decide um, you know what happens on the screen. And they, we we work in a collaborative medium, right? And for sure, that's what you have to do sometimes. Um, was there ever? I would I would never want to be an auteur. I would never because I used to do uh, film production as well, and I've done recordings as a solo act. I've done recordings as a band, and 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 as a band, uh, just the collaboration is is amazing. There are these hundreds of ideas that you never would have come up with by yourself. I uh, I have. A- problem maybe with control so i maybe need to take a page out of your book <laughs> really why i don't but don't but there are people who just come up with just amazing stuff right that's true and i usually like if something's better I, I usually i'm good at admitting it but there are some times where i'm like no it has to be this way this is the only way a few times <laughs> that i've done that after they've come up to me I'm like yeah you're right i was wrong but, oh yeah yeah but uh you know i would say it's i'm I'm usually right 70% of the time, maybe sure. a 68. <laughs> That's my own ego talking probably. It's probably more right. like 10. Uh, right, right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, if look, I mean, once you, uh, the whole film process, especially in our level, I don't know how much ego can be into it. You are begging every inch of the way. You're begging for, you know, for, for scraps, for these, the reason why we got a crew, you know, to, to Yosemite is our promise was, uh, you know, for the next two weeks, we're going to pay for all the booze that you want. If you don't have a gig, why don't you just do it for us? You know, not for a lot of money, but for all the booze that you want. It's just begging all the way. Can we please have another day? Can we please have another meal? Can I please have another day in editing? I mean, it's just, it just turns into, it just turns you into a beggar. Do you, uh, do you want to chat a bit about like getting a crew? Like I, I know it's, it's, you're based out of uh, Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So it's probably a little bit easier to find a crew in Los Angeles, I'm sure, right? Uh, I, I, well, it's easy to find a crew anywhere, but an able crew, right? Like people who <laughs> know point. what they're doing. Yeah, because my, my my mom can you know can gaff. Right. I'll just be yelling at her a lot. <laughs> uh, How big of a mean, crew did you guys have? Oh God, uh, maybe seven people. Seven people. That's pretty good. Like, is that like? Director included, or no, no. But, but it, interestingly enough, our makeup artist, she well, she, she used to be the uh, the uh, um, the you know the wife of um, Marilyn Manson's uh, guitarist. Oh, really? It, yeah, yeah. Nice. She's That's, all rock and I'm roll. I'm sure they had a lot of interesting stories. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's the thing, and and you know this as well. Uh, when you when you do a film, I mean half of it is just coming out. Of, with, with these crazy stories. That's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, no one can tell a story more than a filmmaker because they just like like, for example, like, you know, for this film. So we were shooting 17 days. We only had one day off and it was a Saturday. And, and at 730, the cast, uh, you know, we, we excuse them. So they go over to Yosemite to hike. And at 745, we're just sitting there and the power turns off. Oh, no. And it's just me and the producer. And we're like, what? What's going on? So, um, you know, lo and behold, we find out that the, the person who rented the cabin to us didn't pay the electricity bill for six <laughs> months. Six fucking months. So, and this is a Saturday at 8, at 8 a.m. I had to find the DWP uh, for Yosemite, which, you know, I don't know, uh, Moonlight's is an El Pollo Loco, and convince them that can you please – turn the power back on just for the next 14 days. Wow. That's brutal, yeah. man. And you obviously didn't have any generators. It was out of the question no, to go get no, a generator. No, no, no. no not in Yosemite. Brutal. Not in Yosemite. Um, did you hire like a DP or whatever with camera and gear or did you hire um, oh, like a guy and then he, then you had another budget for renting gear? Cause, uh, I do want to kind of give a, a, a shout out to the whoever shot the film. Like it does, it does look great. Like I, I love the right. way it looks, especially like this. You got a lot of nice play in the background off the trees, and uh, going back to that scene with uh, Bill Sadler and Courtney Gaines. I just love how you're not afraid to hide in the shadows a bit and let stuff fall into shadows. Which I love when people take risks like that and don't just try and light everything because you have these people on set and it's you know let it look nice and look natural you know so the kind of it, it, it's a horrible joke but the running joke is what you got a camera of course you're a dp <laughs> so i've i've yet to meet a dp that doesn't have their own camera to be quite frank i mean that's their that's their that's their gauntlet that's their initiation okay um, i mean like once you have a dp that's like okay here's you know how much you need to rent this camera then you know or at least here then you know it's a scam and then you know the guy's taking you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so we had a red. He he brought a red. Um, yeah, it was it was. Uh, um, yeah, you know, again, like in this, I think it was Seth Rogen who said, like, uh, you want to take as much money as possible for film production, but don't take a cent over if they have any sort of creative control whatsoever. Yeah, and that's the kind of. Yeah, I. This a. I don't know if this happens in in LA but at least like up here there are a lot of like owner operators but then they come with it and then they come with their whole like bag of you know problems and baggage and they want to kind of take over so um uh, I'm assuming like everything kind of went smoothly like the film looks great and you, you eventually got what you want but was there ever any butting heads with crew or oh for sure I mean the uh the producer is the one I mean, that's what I would suggest as well. If you have a producer who will have your back and defend your vision, that's, um, you know, that's everything. But for sure, I mean, you know, you have these strong personalities for 17 days. Uh, I mean, th- there's always egos involved for sure. Yeah, um, it's tough to manage and you're managing expectations and personalities. Sure. And-, and, and, and plus with a special effects film like what, you know, what we eventually had – they're going completely on faith. They don't yeah. know if any of this works. It doesn't make any sense to them, but they're shooting it anyway. That kind of stuff, you know? It's hard It's hard to kind of being like, okay, and here is where the ghost vision is going to take place, and then this thing right. is going to fly here. Um, yeah, I, I've yet to figure out, like, 
concrete ways of of you know getting that trust from people but every now and then you run into somebody they're just like yeah whatever you'll figure it out like it's it's on you <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing that kind of helped me when i was in a rock band for like five years because musicians they're the worst people to deal with yep they just they Can just they're there yeah they're other other on they're irrational the things that they do make no sense even upon self-reflection they're like yeah i don't know why i did that you know yeah so you, so you're always and especially in our in our field you're always trying to get the most of, of, of somebody who might not know that they have it in them. So we, we have similar backgrounds then. You, you started in music too, right? You played in, yeah. in rock yeah. bands. Me too, playing heavy metal bands for, for years. Oh, really? Now. Yeah, man. Big metal head, you, big mop of hair hear? on me. <laughs> still? still? Yeah, I still got it. It goes up in the bun a little bit more there for work. But, uh, oh, man. Chicks must dig it, though, huh? Yeah, it, it does okay. <laughs> <laughs> Little pussy magnet. Yeah. I, I wore a wig for this film, and I and I forgot how hellacious long hair is. It gets in the way sometimes, but I'm like, I don't know. Unless I start really going bald, then I'm oh, it's going to stay for a while, you know? I had long hair uh, for a long time as well, and I hated it. I mean, the uh, bathroom kept getting clogged. My yeah. neck was always sweaty, and I kept it for two extra years because my parents hated it. <laughs> my parents never really gave a shit. They're just like, they're just like, all right, I guess you're doing that. So <laughs> I don't know. They were never like, like supportive of it, but they were never like against it. They were just kind of like indifferent about it. <laughs> I don't think, but there's a, and but the dirty little secret is that is that there's no way you can dissuade anybody from doing it. It's almost automatic, right? Yeah, it's like the more you, you tell them, yeah, the, the more they're gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, even if you see like you know these rich lawyers or attorneys or doctors and stuff, it's still you either pick up a guitar and you know spend the Fridays and Saturday nights alone, or you don't, and it's it's just so natural. Yeah, yeah, I miss playing like in bands and whatnot, but I, I don't miss the drama of yeah like, dealing right? with bands like the girlfriends, the crazy uh, ass people, the fucking drum, the drummers, the drummer, the yes, drummers. Yeah, man, we had a drummer, um, like amazing drummer, and this is a long time ago. This is fifteen years ago, maybe now. And he just like, he, we knew he was in the military in and whatnot, but we didn't know oh, how geez. high up he was. But he's just like, yeah, I got to go to Iraq. Bye. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's like every '60s band story, right? Or we're like we were in Vietnam, but yeah, it was, yeah. oh man, it was strange. It, it was about two thousand and one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're like, okay. Did he, did he come back? Or? Yeah, he came back. He's he's around still. But uh, but his but his nerves were shot. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I haven't talked to him in in a few. But yeah, I guess uh, he saw some stuff. But uh, I don't know. We tried to send him a bunch of you know care packages and whatnot. But yeah, we're like, we still have gigs. We have to find a drummer. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's uh, um, it's just the endless revolving door of like musicians. It's just like God. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like. A little later in life, I'll maybe do a cover band or something. Or I always wanted oh, to do who? Like hair metal. Who would you cover? Uh, maybe like hair metal, 80s rock, ACDC, that, that maybe right. a bit of oh, 70s to, you know, a bit of that era of stuff. Uh, I have like a very huge guilty pleasure for that era of rock, heavy metal. Um, oh, I got, a, I got a three-year-old kid who digs that shit. He eats it up. Yeah, eh? Um, yeah. Shoot the thrill. Shoot the thrill. Shoot the thrill. That was the first concert I ever saw. Saw was ACDC 
oh, like uh, 12 years old and uh, my dad brought me and it was like it was like an explosion of oh. everything like like girls taking off their tops all this oh, stuff yeah. as a 12 year old the I was energy, like oh. energy the yeah. energy though it's just you know I know I, yeah ACDC Angus he's the man Oh God, yeah. Well, like his his rhythm guitarist was, was doesn't play anymore, right? He's completely he's dead. He, oh, I thought he went off the deep. Oh no, he he did die, but he went off the deep end. They they didn't tour with him in the last tour, right? Because he was. Uh, I think he yeah he had dementia or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, super sad because like yeah. he was the the better guitar player of the two. Just Angus was had the I don't know had more kale shakes or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was a good, I mean, he was a hell of a songwriter. Though. That's true. Yeah. Um, I saw, I saw Axel or I saw Guns N' Roses recently too. And they played a few GNR songs or uh, sorry, ACDC songs. And I know Axel is singing he for is. ACDC now, which I'm like, well, I guess I can go see ACDC a fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> back to your film. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh, nailing down this location? Because uh, it, it is an amazing cabin. Um, and I know like you had to figure out a spot that could double for something. I guess for the 70s is when the flashback yeah. at the start is supposed to take place. Did you want to talk a bit about that? Well, I mean, every cabin there is like modeled after the 70s. I mean, once they built it there, it's, I mean, it, 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 it all... Uh, it's, it, it's all the same. <laughs> there's, no, there's no change in decor. That's uh, that's good then. I mean, finding a location, especially something that will let you shoot in, have people screaming at the top of their lungs. Was there neighbors at all, like poking around the trees, or I don't? I well, don't really no, know um, that was definitely well. that. Well, that was definitely an advantage for us to go to Yosemite. Uh, it was in November. It was at the uh, end of November, so it was cold. So there were no tourists. It was just us. Uh, I mean, there there was a neighbor. We would we we would always have a crew member park in his you know dry, driveway. But uh, they weren't used to having film crews show up anyway, so I think we were the curiosities for them. Okay, well that's not so bad then. It was, it was interesting. Another story. So like the uh, again, the person who, who uh, rented us the cabin, he was like, "Hey, so what's the story about?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's about a ghost." You know, and he's like, "Well, uh, uh, what does a ghost do?" I'm like, "Well, you know, ghosts—they walk through walls, right? There's, there's a lot of walking through walls." So then, so and we completely skirted the fucking issue, and he was like. I want to I want to read the script. And again, we're day four shooting, right? I mean, if if this guy pulls the plug, we're shit out of luck. Yeah. So we Facebook stalked him, and we found out, found out that he was a born again Christian. Oh no, they're the so worst like, Christians. <laughs> yeah. So my producer was like, "Okay, Dax, you got two hours to edit all the sex out of your script." <laughs> and I, and for like people who haven't seen the sex film, with prey or. Yeah. Just do yeah. find and replace it in the script program, like, and they prayed, they prayed so hard, and then she prayed all over, and then he prayed all over her, and that's where he, and that's where they were saved, and yeah, that's where exactly. they found Jesus. So I, so I, yeah, so I had two hours. Of course, this was cutting into my sleep time, and I handed him like I don't know a ten-page script, and he's like, "Yeah, I like it. Cool." So <laughs> you I think he read I, it, I, I, or you I, think he just was like, no, no, he definitely read it. He definitely read it. He was like, okay, cool, yeah, I get it, I get it. But it was it was such a short script, and we were just that's another thing about low budget films, man. You're like, okay, well, you know, what's the next hostel? Right, I've uh, what's the next scam. 
I have, uh, I've entertained making specific drafts of the script to send to people depending on the casting. So if, sure. if we're going after an actor, I'm like, okay, well, if we change some dialogue and change the scene a bit, maybe they're more likely to say yes if we do, if it's more geared towards them. And then like for have sure, sure. multiple drafts of scenes that you send out just hoping, you know, you, you peg one of those actors. Um, did you do that at all with, uh, I guess you didn't do it with, with Bill Sadler since he, he showed uh, up. We, no, we definitely played the whole, like, cause you know, it's end of November and it's the end of the year. Right. And there are a lot of payments too, uh, that we, we definitely worked that to our advantage where it was just like, yeah, what are you doing the next five days? Is that a bit of advice maybe like of when you want to kind of cast, uh, if it's an isolated location, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but but again, I, I don't know if it's different in Canada than it is in L.A. Certain things are, certain things aren't. But yeah, like uh, at least with casting, because we'll cast out of the States sometimes too, right? But sure. uh, depending on if it's union or not union. Um, with they, uh, all these actors uh, SAG or? Yeah. And you did like SAG minimums or? Uh, a micro budget. Micro budget, eh? Micro budget, yeah. And what is this? What is the uh, the daily rate on that? Because like I know it it changes. So you oh, have micro god. budget, and then you have what are the the tiers of it again? I, oh I god, I, 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 I that's a I, I produce all I know. Is, all I know is micro. I'm gonna be in the micro budget tier for a while. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. It's <laughs> uh, it's a little different in like if we do um, stuff like that. Ultra low. Yeah, in, in Canada with Actra. I don't think Actra has ultra low yet. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they have some kind of strange laws. And if you have SAG actors on or non-Actra or non-SAG people on set, you pay penalties every day that they're on set? Yes. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that so is they true. have that into a SAG too? They do. I mean, technically, yeah, they do. I mean, I'm not... <laughs> I mean, I acted. Look, the only reason why I'm acting in it is because my role... The Indian, well, the Native American role required a lot of stunts. Okay. And and uh, I can't ask, I I can't afford a stunt person, and I can't ask a stunt person to break their neck. Right. So it was it, it was me, it, it's me doing all the pratfalls, me doing all the uh, the jostling and stuff. Do you and have experience with stunts, or do you just have more? Uh, I don't know, uh, are you just I, willing I, to do it? Well, yeah, it's, I'm directing a fucking film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a brown belt in Shotokan, so there oh. was a lot of like uh, uh, knowing how to break your fall and stuff. That's important. That's it's one thing. It's it is an art of falling, for right? sure. Like, for sure. Because yeah, like yeah. I I've worked with a few people like small like YouTube stuff. Oh god. And you know you somebody gets shot and they fall and it's like no that's not how they you crack, do it. <laughs> yeah, and they can crack their skull. Yeah, exactly. Or or they. Just, I had, don't know how physics work and how you would look like if you got shot, but but actors are fucking nuts when they're in that when they're in that zone. There was one time I had these two actors and they're sitting at the table, and I revise. I, I gave the other person a revised script, and the other one I did not. So he's Uh-oh. talking, but in the revised script, they they, they get in a fight. Uh oh. <laughs> so so uh, so they're rehearsing, and, and one actor jumps the other actor. Oh, no. And they all and then they get in a fight, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's my fault. Uh, I didn't give you the." Re- oh man, <laughs> you're, you're supposed to defend yourself. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, man. That's uh, that's bad for insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
Um, you can always fight another actor. <laughs> yeah, I guess, eh? <laughs> no, no, no. They're all gems. They're all beautiful Sh- people. Ship this guy out. You didn't make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the role requires all your teeth. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> Spit him out. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought from that. <laughs> oh, so this, so this scene, it, it wasn't supposed to be, it was just like a point of view of the ghost. It's supposed to be all washed out because that's the first time that the ghost is seeing light. And it's the actress who convinced me to shoot her. As the, as the ghost? Possessed? No, uh, no, no, just, sh- well, yeah, but, but, but put the camera on her. Oh, yeah. She was like, so this is all going to be point of view. And she's like, come on, man. I'm like, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? And that's when she would start. No, you know, you know th- this is what actors want to do. They want to act. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll do one take, I guess. Did you just have her hold it handheld or did you do anything special? With no. Rig or? We, we had a cameraman um, um, holding the uh, camera right right next to her cheek. Oh, okay. And then that way you don't have to worry about, you know, actor on set kind of handling a hundred thousand oh, dollars worth of production God. why have you have you t- i wouldn't i wouldn't uh trust him driving a car right. although we made we made the same actress drive a car but uh oh god oh god yeah no i i haven't made that mistake but it's come close a few times <laughs> it, just like one of those occasions where like there's nobody around and it's just like here i'll hold that and you're you have a lens in in one hand and you know you're about to do a swap and it's like Mm, no you won't <laughs> yeah oh i couldn't oh god oh i couldn't imagine i mean i'm getting shrinkage just thinking about that <laughs> oh god no no um, i think our we have a mutual friend uh jed Bryan. yes you know shout out shout out to him i think he had his actors hold the camera right yeah uh, he he's um he held the camera a lot of the film he was telling me right right um so he did most of it but yeah i mean the difference there being found footage film footage, you know yeah. they had you know a couple the cameras cost a couple grand or a couple hundred bucks i think oh that's right. stuff okay. to get the look that's they right. wanted <laughs> okay a little right. different when you're dealing with like a i'm with guessing the, the red. Like a red epic or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> weight difference cost difference yeah and you know uh you can go to like best buy and get like a new camera or Oh, I mean, I mean, I had the actresses, uh, you know, you know, holding a, a carton of, 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 uh, of uh, ice cream, and they kept dropping it. Uh-oh. There's no way I'm going to trust them with anything more than a carton of ice cream. <laughs> uh, now, did the crew and ca- did the casting crew all stay in this cabin, or did you guys get multiple cabins in the area? Like, you- no, no, we all stayed in the cabin. They partied till like. Uh, if you see the behind the scenes uh, um, stuff in this film, it's just them partying and just dancing. It was, it was, we had maybe, uh, you know, eight to 11 hour shoots. And then it's just 14 hours of, of them partying. Oh man. Was that it's crazy? It was crazy. Was that stressful for you as a director? You're like, no, don't burn yourself out. We got to make no. a movie tomorrow morning. Well, I mean, it's the crew. Uh, I mean, the actors, you know, were, you know, were pretty cool. It's the crew that was hard partiers. Right. Uh, it's I mean, the crew. I mean, yeah, it's always it's always the crew. So, but no, they were they were they were great. Uh, but the uh, but the parting was just the thing. I, and I don't know if you get this experience as well, because uh, you know, for seventeen days, you were just solving problem after problem after yeah. problem. Uh, for the uh, for the month after the shooting or shooting after the filming um <laughs> i was yeah no in america it's very different 
um, after the filming for, you know, for four weeks, I would wake up in a cold sweat and I had these like PTSD symptoms. Every dream was about, the, you know, the camera, you know, lost the footage. Where, you know, where's the actor? I mean, I was I was knee deep in problems every time I went to sleep. I uh, yeah, I can uh, attest to things like that. Of crazy, right? Yeah, it's uh, if, for me. It was like after we did a a longer production of you know a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there for stuff. But it would be it's just like your my mm. body got so used to being in like fifth gear, it was hard yeah. to like downshift into you know first gear and actually relax and have like a normal <laughs> day sometimes. But you know, when I tell people about the stories that, you know, that we went through, they, they like shake their head and they say, I don't know how you can even want that life. But it really is. It's a drug. If that's, if, if people are, right? are hearing yeah. this, if, if, if people hear this and they go, yes, I want that. I want that. I want to, you know, I want to be on the edge the entire time. This is a profession for you. It's, there's a, it's the high you get out of it. You know, yeah. like there is the lows of it, but like the, when you get through it, I, I'm sure, I don't know, I don't have kids, but maybe this is similar to having kids of just the stress of everything of dealing with the production, but you get through it and then you sit down in a theater and you get to watch it with, you know, all your friends and all the cast and crew. And then all of a sudden it's worth it, you know? I can't watch this movie. What's that? I've never been able to watch any. Oh, movie. really? I can't. I, I, I can't. Even in, even in, can't. I couldn't sit there. In can, sorry. I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, and can't. Couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Brutal. I can't. I can't watch any of my films. I don't know. It's weird. I cringe watching stuff. Like I, I've gone <laughs> to like festivals, and then sometimes like you know, you get introduced and then you can't like slip away. So you're sort of forced to sit in the theater sometimes. I, I, I know what you mean, but like, I kind of force myself to go through the experience just to, I don't know, maybe I'll learn something. Maybe I won't. It, it is tough. I find shorts are easier cause it's like a shorter burn, but yeah, I, I get, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, and we're back after a little bit of technical difficulties, but, uh, Coming back into the conversation a bit, so you had 17 days of production, and, and do you want to talk about uh, post-production, like, were you editing while filming, or was this... No. Happy? No, God, you didn't have that man. type of time? <laughs> no, 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 it was, no, it was, it was just, like, I mean, as soon as we, uh, as soon as we touched down, I, you know, I got some sleep, and the, uh, and, and it was the editor. Yeah, no. I mean, God, can you, I can't imagine, like, I'm having... Uh, the the film edited while we're shooting. What a luxury, right? <laughs> that's just like that's like yeah. It's like like wait a minute, drugs and hookers. Uh, what? <laughs> well, uh, 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 yeah, you know, <laughs> no, that's a door that I would never open. That I never thought could be open for me. Yeah, I, I've I've thought about like strategies and like how it could be done on a low budget, like. Okay, if I have one guy as an assistant editor to at least just go through the footage, you know, and then to, sure. to catch stuff. But, you know, you have these like ideas and then you try to put them into motion and then everything falls off the rails. But do you want to talk? Well, you know, the weird thing, the weird thing about special effects when you have a lot of them is that uh, uh, you assume that they're going to work. So you, you do the editing first. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you put in the special effects afterwards. You're like. Oh, 
okay, I fucked myself there. Yeah, <laughs> it, like uh, on screen right now, like she's in black, or everybody else is in a black and white, and she's kind of in color walking around, and it, okay. and it looks pretty flawless. Um, I'm assuming this was just done with like extensive roto work. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, what it looked I, like. It's just like no painful frame by frame, just roto work. I made no friends in the special effects department. It was really only one guy, Gavin. He's 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 probably not talking to me anymore. Oh no! Yeah, uh, I'll probably have to uh, call him in a separate line. <laughs> I uh, I had a bit of a background of some VFX, so I ended up doing a lot of like leg work on uh, uh-huh. a lot of my stuff. So like, I'm like, okay, give me the shitty roto stuff. Give me all the, the shitty tracking. I'll, I'll deal with all that, and somebody else can deal with kind of the more you know, fun, creative stuff. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of time. I know personally, just, I just watching that of that scene gives me anxiety, (laughs) especially 4k. Yeah. Well, I mean, at a certain point, like you can, I know like I can, I saw that and I'm like, ah, well I can put that in a smaller file and just like up res it after, but you know, okay. (laughs) That's why my, my brains, my, the wheels are already turning. I'm like, how did, how did they do that? (laughs) How would I do that? That's um, the one thing, uh, you know, because I have a background in music production. I can't wa- like the movie Chicago. I'm watching this thing, and I can tell that they're using different compressors for one actress uh, as opposed to another, and it ruin and, it, and it's ruining it for me. Really, because That's my ears are picking the stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Chicago, they, they captured everything on set, right? Like no, with, no, with, that, uh, that's Les Misérables, Chicago. That, that's oh, right, 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 right. Because uh, I know on um, what was the other singing movie with John Travolta, Hairspray. Hairspray, they, okay. They captured a lot of that on set. I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, and then they kind of. Yeah, I guess you would have to in that one. Yeah. Yeah, which that boggles my mind how they they do stuff like that, but it just seems like. Did so you enjoy Lamez? I actually haven't seen it, so oh, I am yeah. I am uncultured and. <laughs> how dare you, sir? You call yourself Canadian? That's right. It, it's Lemis is a, a French like France though, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm confusing the uh, the uh, the uh, the Quebec version of that would be like Lego fuck yourself there, pal. <laughs> yeah, uh, starring George Saint Pierre as exactly. As he was not impressed with the performance there. <laughs> I can listen to that all day. That's awesome. That's funny, George. George, uh, like anytime George fights. Like up here, it's like people go nuts, right? Like bars are packed. It's like he's like Canadian royalty. But uh, not a lot of love for Rory. Rory McDonald gets a bit of love, but like you know, not as much as as uh, as George. Well, he went. He's he's Bellator though, right? Yeah, he went to Bellator, but uh, yeah, but uh, George gets a lot of love. At least uh, I mean, well, George had a crazy ass winning streak, but I mean, Rory, he 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 had a. He had a bloody fight with what's his name that he um, accused of, of being on roids afterwards. Uh, Gegard Masasi? No, no, no. Uh, oh, uh, that was his most bald, recent fight. Uh, the, uh, oh, uh, I know what you're talking he had about. Yeah, a cut lip. Yeah. Lawler. Lawler, yeah. Oh, an epic fight. Yeah, no, that was crazy. That was a crazy night, too. That was the same night the Conor McGregor, um, Chad Mendes <laughs> fight, right? Yeah, I think so. It always comes down to sports on this podcast. I know. Tangents. You know, when you have two penises, yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's, a, it's eventually it's going to come down sports. to. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Let's get back to your movie but, a bit. But, but see, that's the thing, though. When you know, when you're geeks, you don't talk about women. You talk about everything except for women when you're when you're film geeks, right? That's right. No, fair enough. <laughs> Comics, you know, we're talking about women. Like, oh yeah, it'd be nice to feel one now and then. <laughs> what was it like? What was it like? <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Exactly, know, Monty Python. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> back to post production. <laughs> Ah, back to women. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to chat a bit about uh, how long post took and? Uh, oh, too long. Ugh. I know you talked about like you raised around fifty thousand dollars for production, but yeah, did you have post money going into post, or was that something? Can I have all no, this no. footage now, or? No, God, I I couldn't I could not I could not imagine that. No, uh, no, we definitely had the money, but because it was still such a you know micro budget. Uh, um, uh, film. We had one person do the editing and one and a half persons doing the special effects. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah. then did you have to ship off to like a mix house after that or? We, we did a post house. Yeah. Uh, With you that, having music background, did you try and take a stab at some of the mix or some of the sound well, effects? The, uh, I mean, of course they didn't want to, but then as soon as uh, I got the deliverables, for some reason, the deliverables were out of sync. So I had to go into my studio and alter reach and you know uh so for people so for people uh who haven't done film um when it comes to sound i don't know for some reason these things are it's like a feather uh just to knock everything out of sync for yeah. some reason especially if you're doing you know you know five one mixes uh, there's just so many different speakers so many it's so so just uh, one little editing mishap will knock everything out of sync. One wrong XML file too, just... Anything, right? Yeah. Any, any any power surge, I don't know, you know, blow on your screen, all of a sudden the sound gets, you know, you know, out of sync. So yeah, I had to, at, at some point, the post house was like, everything here is out of sync. So I had to, you know, export it, uh, import it into my music uh, computer. And of course, I obsessed about it for like three days without eating. Just, oh, no. you know, knocking everything back into, but it, it's, it's one of those things again, like if, uh, if that doesn't get you half chubbed, this <laughs> is not, uh, this is not, the uh, it's not for you, man. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You know? Cause you said you, you had like, like a sort of like a godlike, not godlike complex, but, uh, uh you know, but the, <laughs> you know, like control issues, right? I, uh, uh, to an extent, like I will like relinquish control with like people that can do a better job than me in, in some scenarios. And then but, but you watch sometimes, all the dailies, right? What's that? You watch all the dailies, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. So I heard a story today where a director wasn't watching all the dailies. That's stupid. That's crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. You fucked up. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's how do you, how do you, but how do you not, even if, well, you know, he was like, well, no, the editor does that. And, and the, he shoots it. And then the first time he sees his, uh, uh, the scenes after he shoots it is in a rough cut. Uh, yeah, but does he run into problems though, like where, because you might you might not watch the dailies, but you you have a memory of it. You're like, oh, where was that take? Like, I like that whatever that reaction to that other take. You know, you might have it in your head about remembering it from set. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I I couldn't imagine. I mean, I couldn't imagine like shooting like like spending all this time. And not looking through every little pixel of the footage that you shot. Yeah, I I, edit a, I cannot imagine that. I edit a lot too with like whatever as like a day job type stuff. So okay, just okay. not just not watching everything. It's just I don't know. It's a waste. You know, like, it's insane, right? Yeah. So I maybe. I mean, 
sound. I might not listen to every single sound effect that we record, like wild okay. sound, but fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But it'll all be logged and kind of put in for if you need it, you know, but, but the, that's the thing about film. And I, and I think that, you know, uh, once you've directed a film, uh, you are a complete project manager. Yeah. Right. And, and, and no one, no one is born a natural project manager. No, that's very you, true. Right? You have to go through the fucking fire. You have to go through the gauntlet. And then when you realize that everything that you don't inspect falls to shit, it changes you forever. No, that's a very good point. And there's, right? there's no school or... No. You, you well, have to do it. You just have to go do it. Well, well, well that's a scam. Again, I've got like uh, you know over six years of, of undergrad and graduate uh, work in film, and none of it taught me how to direct a film and i learned more directing one film than i did you know all of schooling you probably learned more in those 17 days on production than you did fuck yes yeah i mean but uh but it was great to learn writing that was awesome but but for film production direct a film man direct it what uh i'm just sort of curious because like my film school experience was more it's more of like a trade college is more technical of like here's how you plug in this light oh that's great so that's there, great there was a lot of that like here's how to properly set up a c-stand here's why right. you can't coil this cable this way otherwise you'll blow up all oh, the that's set. awesome that's so that, awesome that's what a lot of my film school was um that way. i'm curious to know though what goes on in like a writing class because you know i've read read a few books and things like that but i, I what do they what happens in a writing class? <laughs> so it's writers. It, I mean, it, it, it's writers. So everything, it's all subjective. Okay. You know, one in, 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 in a class, one plus one does not equal two. Mm. One plus one equals, that's not funny. It's like, it's everyone's opinion. And you're just, and you're, and you're always like, wait, what? And, it, and everybody's just going off in their own little thing. Okay. So that's why it's, 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 it's so theoretical. But what you're describing, I mean, that is a real education. That's trade, man. It, it, you, it was geared more of a trade college of if you want a job in the film industry, at least in Toronto, like how to, you know, uh, like get into a union, all stuff like that, which is. Oh, that's so valuable. It is I, valuable I, for so sure. Valuable. But for me wanting to just like go and direct my own thing, it wasn't entirely that, but it was networking. Okay. You meet a lot of people that will work on your stuff and. Right, right. Looking back, it was awesome. At the time, I was hoping for more. I don't know what I was hoping for, but right, um, right. it all worked out in the end. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, there's this. There, there's that theory that uh, if you don't spend ten thousand hours doing something, you're not going to be an expert, well right? Thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's true. There's no, and you know that as a musician as well. There's no shortcut in that. There's none whatsoever. Yeah. There's no easy way to learn scales and to shred or do sweeps. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to log in the hours, and that's a, that's the same thing for writing as well. There is no shortcut. Yes, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. You got to do the work, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, I was just more curious, like if they talk structure or like they character did. developments, they did. like proper. Like I, I've read a lot of Joseph Campbell breakdown stuff, and yeah, sure, the hero and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and if, contra- if anybody. If anybody's trying to get into it, the uh, down and dirty bolts is uh, before you write a script, write an outline, maybe even three pages. Give me a beginning, a middle, and an end. Don't even uh, – if, if I had eight months to write a script, six months of that would just be research. Really? Yeah, because everybody could – nowadays, everybody could smell bullshit a mile away. That's fair. 
if you uh, if you're writing about an engineer and you're making up words, everybody knows you're full of shit. Mm, uh, yeah. So you have to do your research and you have to. And once you do the research in any kind of story, I don't care if it's vampires or or you know space exploration. Once you do the the research, and I'm talking about deluge yourself with the research, that really shapes the story. And so now, did you do a lot of research like on paranormal things or? Uh, a lot of incubus stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole Russian town uh, that that uh, said that they were raped overnight. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. And th- 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 that's actually how we uh, how I got the uh, the uh, the actual concept. I believe there was an actress from Twilight who said, yeah, I, I've had consensual sex with a ghost. Really? It's not it's not rape. I would rather stay home Friday night, Saturday night and just, yeah, fuck my friend. Huh, that sounds like somebody needs to go take some medication, but you'd think, right? And then, and so then when I do more research, there's a lot of other people who said, Yeah, that's you know, same with me. Crazy. Do you think yeah. that's a phenomenon of like somebody says it and then other people are like, Oh, that happened to me? Or is it like a what do they call that? Like isolated uh, phenomenon of multiple people claiming the same thing without having talked to each other? So, uh, <laughs> So I got like a best. So I got two best features for this, and one of the best features was the New York Paranormal <laughs> Film Festival, right? Yeah. So when so when you do Ghostfucker, uh, all of a sudden you become this like uh, this this soundboard of everybody coming up to you and telling the weirdest ass stories, right? Oh man! And you, and you can't look at their face and go, "You're you're a fucking moron." <laughs> Right. Get away from it. You can't do that. You're like, really? Yes. No, I've heard some really experienced. Faint you know, interest of it. Oh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, I'm pitching the movie, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, first off. So, yeah, it's you just kind of open yourself up and go, okay, I can't judge it. Is it the, these are their real experiences. And also, their real experiences are going to give me more, you know, better material for a story. Than I could ever come up with. In a way, it's kind of a compliment if they're coming up to you with their story because they obviously like the film enough that it struck a chord with them that they sort of feel comfortable talking to you about it, you know? Sure, until they stab you in the eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, right? Then you're like, oh, God, I should have listened to my instinct. But no, no one, <laughs> no one stabbed me in the eye. But yeah, you, you, you always have to open up yourself to people because whether you believe it or not, I mean, some of the greatest stories come from you know, people who who sound very paranoid. Right. Yeah, I had a lady tell me that a crab uh, taught her about Jesus uh, one what? time. Yeah. Oh, it, it was like a, a, a pilot. A crab? Yeah, it was a pilot we made for, uh, it was like a contest for CBC thing. And uh, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Center in Canada. And uh, at the screening of this, it was like a competition. And this lady after was she was like rubbing her stomach and then she was telling me this story about how this crab that bit her finger and then Jesus healed it in front of her the mm. whole while she was like rubbing her belly, like a, like very like protruded belly. She wasn't a big lady either. She just like was like sticking it oh. out and just rubbing it. Out. I was like, why are you, you rubbing yourself? Like what's wrong? You banged her, didn't you? you banged no. She, <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, she was 60 just years old. No. So, uh, just Right. <laughs> strange it was a strange encounter but uh right anyways that would have stopped me <laughs> um i do want to chat you up a bit about um you finished the film 
and you get all the posts done and everything like that. Uh, how did you go about getting distribution for this? And uh, what have you been doing to market the film? Maybe we can talk about marketing after that. But you want to talk about distribution and like I guess you went to AFM or yeah, yeah. So 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 after the film, uh, you know, was done. We made a trailer. I went to AFM. And for people uh, out there who don't know, AFM is the American film market. And it's basically they rent out this huge Santa Monica hotel. And every room is uh, is either a producer or a, or a company or whatever. And uh, what I did is I actually bought a booth. It's $5,000. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. You go in, and, and I only had one film, whereas, you know, I'm rooming with other people who have like a slate of films, right? Wow. And I, and I, I spent $5,000. And what I did is uh, with my iPad, I knocked on every door. And that's, just, and that's the thing where the pitch uh, served me. It was basically, hey, nobody wanted to hear from me. Nobody wanted to talk to me. They're like, look, we've got a full slate and I was like, look, uh, uh, I got a film. It's basically called Ghost Fucker. It stars William Shat- uh, Sadler. From William Shawshank Shatner would have been a whole different film. <laughs> William Shatner would be like, oh, we, we already have Ghost Fucker with William Shatner. <laughs> We've got five of those. Uh, but William Sadler from Shawshank Redemption, uh, uh, give me two minutes of your time. And everybody that I approached let me in. Really? And uh, Yeah, every, every one of them. And you didn't uh, want to do like an independent route of, of trying to do a distributor thing, like for because like for five grand you get it on, you sure. know, you, most aggregation deals you can get it out out there, but you wanted to go more traditional route or, yeah. So uh, this, the thing with uh, sales agents is that they could sell uh, territories. Yeah, distributor won't won't do that. It's just U.S. Uh, based, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's just. The VOD market, whereas uh, sales agents and distributors, they'll they'll you know they'll sell Thailand, or they'll sell Japan, you know, or Singapore, that kind of stuff, Italy. And if you had kind of good stuff. experience with this, or because like I've had a- everything of the good experience to the hey, you got a deal in Japan and you made five thousand dollars, but the deal for Japan is going to cost five thousand dollars, you know? <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that's a real uh, life experience. That's a hundred percent true story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, no. No, no uh, uh, horrors in distribution yet. No, I mean it's 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 you know it's it's all little you know piece by piece. I will say though, so so uh, when I went to AFM and I and I pitched it, I got I think over twenty like under thirty offers. That's great, man. The, the film, yeah. So what I did is, uh, and and you're like, how do you? Because they're promising the moon, right? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great, kid. Oh, you're going to love us. Trust Smoke, me. Oh, you're smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah. Oh, the women are going to love you. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, well, there's no way for me to differentiate that. So what I did is that I went online. I checked. I made an Excel chart. I checked all of the films that they're, di- they're distributing. And I contacted all the directors and the producers through Facebook. Jesus, man. That's a lot and of work. I, yeah, a lot of work. And I, and I asked him, hey, what was your experience with these distributors and sales agents? And I and I only got four favorable reviews. Wow. Out of, out of 26. That's uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they were just like, yeah, this guy's just come back. He'll rob you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, and, 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 four, and four favorable meaning like he's not a scumbag. 
Right. Yeah. And and like, and like two were like, yeah, well, he's pretty good, and that's the person that I that I went with. Okay. And uh, I, would, I would suggest any filmmaker before you sign any kind of contract, talk to someone else that they worked with through Facebook or through Insta or you know through Instagram. Something. Like, yeah. Just get some feedback uh, of some kind, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I find it's just like choosing the lesser of evils. I guess that's sort of what you just described, and it. Like, it's a necessary thing you need, but I'm always trying to think of, like, what's a better way to do distribution? Oh, we all are. You know, like, like for, for yeah, what we, we did with our film, we did a sales agent aggregation thing, and it got us some TV deals in Canada and... It's awesome. And, and whatnot, but um, I'm always, like, thinking, like, you know, what could be better? And then, like, for marketing for your film... Did the distribution help you in marketing or planning any marketing or was that sold? None whatsoever. So you, None it was all whatsoever. up to you. It was all up to me. I mean, like, look, their their way of marketing is we're going to go to film markets. We're going to go to Cannes. We're going to go to TIFF. We're going to go to, you know, uh, you know Sundance. We're going to go, you know, to all these. You're, you're basically funding their traveling. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's all that you're doing. And uh, I think the only reason why I'm getting – the hits that I'm getting in Amazon uh, Prime is that uh, it's just I'm I'm you know uh, posting up you know racy trailers, and that is helping. So are you doing specific trailers for specific markets? Are are you doing targeted sure. ads? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about ads, that? Or yeah, a male uh, from 13 to uh, 40, and then and, you'll do. Uh, like uh you know a trailer with a bit of sex in it and then put that out for for that genre are you doing like will sadler specific stuff and then like now, trying to target so, so for the trailers for europe uh europe is more sex friendly whereas uh the us i guess north america uh is more violence friendly <laughs> so weird right <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't get it either uh yeah i could go on my soapbox wait a minute you're okay for you know someone cutting off someone's hand or cutting off their their face, but if you see a titty, all of a sudden Jesus is gonna come down and like you know whack your dick off. He might. Uh, yeah, gee, uh, you know, white Jesus. Oh, he's a <laughs> yeah, brutal right? motherfucker, right? I went to uh, I went to Catholic school. I'm very familiar. So did I. Yeah, so did I. I. Yeah, yeah, white Jesus. Yeah, it's, hmm, it's okay. crazy, right? Hmm. He's always ripped. He never looks like he comes from the Middle East. <laughs> right, right, right. And and like the worst thing you can do is masturbate. Oh man, they told us we go blind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like literally I, go blind. And I was well, like, I am wearing I was, glasses. What's that? Well, I am wearing glasses. <laughs> and in, it, 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 it didn't start until I started masturbating. In my head, I was like, shit, I guess I'm going blind. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no there's no I mean once you even yeah, I mean once you have any kind of remote experience, you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, every every ten babies die. You're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a circle of life. Um, sorry, I am actually really curious about marketing. Uh, oh, going sure. through it with uh, myself, I I could talk about religion all day, but um, <laughs> so uh, so uh, so yeah, so uh, especially for sex, if you have a sex-driven film like like what we have, you you're gonna have to market. I mean, like, honestly saying you're going to have to market it to males. Right. Because women are just, it, I don't know, for, you know, for some reason, they're just, they're just not, they don't gravitate towards that. Uh, so I you market why. the, 
Yeah. I, actually, I seriously don't know why. To me, uh, you know, when, when I get the criticism, like, you know, what's with all the sex and what? There's so much sex. Like, I would even get like, this is borderline porn. And I and the only thing that goes to my mind is, you know, it's all pretend, right? There's right. no insertion. Like, there's yeah. no. You know, <laughs> Have you got a criticism like that from people? Like, like. Oh, I mean, like, I didn't know. I didn't really think and still looking at it now, I didn't really think it's that sex driven at all. But I've gotten definitely criticism like this is borderline porn. This is uh, and, and I've had, the, you know, the one review of like, look, like the starting line is, look, I like sex as much as the next person. And that's and, always set it up for like them to <laughs> shit on you right. right after that, right? <laughs> yeah, always. Like, look, I'm normal. I like sex, okay? But. But Jesus Christ, the ass fucking here. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. I'm, I'm actually very surprised. I didn't, I didn't anticipate the like, really? The, we still have the sex hang up thing. It's weird. What's strange is like a lot of the horror movies like I love are stuff from like the seventies and eighties and it was all just it was all tits. Yeah. You know? Oh like, yeah. Oh it's great. So maybe now audiences natural tits. Right, exactly. And <laughs> and uh <laughs> like now maybe audiences aren't as used to that. Like horror is less of that, you know, the scantily clad woman I don't know. going I don't know, maybe. Um, I don't know what's going on because you, because porn is more prevalent, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and, I and it's crazier than ever than it was. Crazier like than ever. Yeah, like it's insane what's out there. Yeah, so it doesn't explain why, like, there would be more hangouts now. It's not. Yeah, and well, you, you go to you go to Europe and you can't see a bubblegum commercial without tits. Yeah, I mean, I've never been, so I'll take your word for it. But oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, in Canada, we always had the Blue Nuit, which is like the French channel, which would have like ten o'clock. You could like, if your antenna was pointed the right way in the country, you could catch some boobs here and there. But it would be oh, staticky and whatnot. But um, yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't know uh, how if if women really know the power that they have over men. I mean, it's insane. It's true. It's true. We should. We'll join cults. Oh yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't let them know. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking know. <laughs> yeah, they, they a lot of them probably know. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, back to when the, puberty kicks in. Yeah, it's just game over, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, can you talk a bit about like the success? Like, can you see a back end of? Okay, if we do this trailer more sex driven in Europe, can can you see like within a couple weeks? this has worked better than something else or are, for sure. Are you, are you sure. changing tactics or are you modifying stuff? No, it definitely depends on the territories. Like, uh, so you would, so I would choose like, okay, okay. even States as well. Um, you know, there, there are, there are States uh, that gravitate more towards sex than other States. Yeah. And there, and that's where we would be, you know, playing our promos for sure. And are you doing Facebook ads, Twitter ads, Instagram ads? Are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, uh, not Twitter ads, but Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, Jed, our friend, uh, you know, was suggesting doing, um, magazine print ads, that kind of stuff. That's interesting too. Yeah. I, I often wonder about like, you know, like they always say like traditional media is sort of dead, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know either. Like, like I, I've been on TV a few times in smaller markets in Canada and it's like, who's really watching the sick, you know, at 6 a.m. of the morning show of that local news station. But 
then they give you that footage after and then like then you can use that to market with you know and then sure. that looks like legitimate so i'm always trying to think of like new ways to approach marketing and and not i guess not how to trick people but just how to just get it in front of people's eyeballs and convince them to take a chance on on your movie for right? sure because there's yeah. like limited options on like it's your movies on prime which like you know, you can watch Man in the High Castle or, you know, take a chance on something, which it's hard right. to sometimes convince people. Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on, on on that concept. That's why that concept just circles back. Uh, I do want to point out there is a really great special effects um, with the makeup on uh, your main uh, your main actor there when he kind of turns into this rotting corpse. It looks great. I, I don't know who your makeup artist was, but uh, she's uh, she's the uh, she, the ex-wife of, oh, uh, uh, of uh, Marilyn Manson's uh, guitarist. So yeah, that is a. I looked really great. Lady Chantal, and she's she's awesome. She's a sweet, you know, she, she's a sweetheart as well. That uh, that that makeup looked great. Um, that and that's something too. Like on a, a low, lower budget movie, like I don't know if you want to talk a bit about makeup and and uh, you know practical effects uh, things you did there. The, so I, so it's green suit, right? Like, you know, cause you can have ghost fucking, uh, it's like a lot of it was green suit, uh, and, and just our special effects guy. Just, I don't even know what the verbiage is to be honest with you. Uh, he's just, for, <laughs> I mean, just, uh, just what, compositing. And... I don't fucking. Oh know. yeah. Yeah. Compositing. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he basically told us what to do and we did it and we, uh, um, we had to, uh, I had to write out the sex scenes like, okay, oral first. <laughs> he, uh, she experiences cunnilingus. I shit you not. This is the uh, this is the notes that I gave the camera. Okay, so first we're going to start off with cunnilingus. All right. First is you know the stroke is going up, then it's going down, then it's up, it's going down a little more up. That's a, uh, a comedy movie alphabet. all in itself. <laughs> Do the alphabet A B C right with your tongue. Uh, <laughs> and it's a tutorial. <laughs> uh, and then of course the feeling of the tits. I mean that you know that. I mean you have to again. I mean it's so clinical. Nothing about it is is sexy. No, I imagine that that's the case. Oh yeah, just everyone just like, oh, and it's always like the last thing to shoot at the end of the day. So you're just like, oh, after this we get lunch, or oh, I after this we get to sleep. That's why. <laughs> so, when, so so when people are like, oh god, there's sex. How do you do it? I'm like, it's just it's pretend. Yeah, it's it's pretend. You treat it like. You treat like a, I guess, would you treat it the same as like a, a fight scene? Like it just blocking it fights, and just treating it yeah, clinical fight, in a way? Fight or? Scenes are more, I think fight scenes are, are more complicated because uh, it's it's definitely more choreography, but editing wise, there's a lot more cuts in fight scenes. Um, and you always have a risk of, of you know, having your actors look like pussies because they don't know how to fight. Right. That's a big thing. And there's, with you right, with a martial like, arts background, that, that's. Oh, yeah, a, yeah. You're a pussy. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what is that? Uh, no, but it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's a risk for fight scenes. Whereas sex, everybody looks like they know what they're doing. At least. Yeah. They, they hope that you hope they do. Yeah. Right. You're like, huh, you're, you're a virgin on this. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, uh, women, don't, women like a little foreplay right before. As you found out with your writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, real quick, uh, I got credits rolling on my end. I just, uh, oh. want to maybe let you tell people where they can find your movie, and uh, you know uh, where they can find you on social media and follow you or follow the film and check the film out. Sure. I mean, on Facebook, it's 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 Deadly Crush. Uh, um, it's it's being uh, it's in 
Amazon Prime right now. I believe it's going to go on Family Video as well. Do you have Family Video in, in, in Canada? No, we don't. What, is that like a rental or is that like more of a VOD it's, thing? It, I think it started out as a blockbuster, like a, like a bricks and mortar kind of uh, kind of shop, and then they you know went to online you know ordering and stuff. Hmm, but no, uh, nothing like that. Yeah, but 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 um, Amazon's going to also have it in Blu-ray as well, Blu-ray and DVD. Very cool. And if they get it on Blu-ray DVD, they get a bunch of special features like you were talking about, eh? Yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. And uh, what else do they? Oh, commentary. The producer and I just got drunk. Nice. And we just and we just uh, rail on each other the entire. I don't. In fact, I don't. I don't. Need, I don't remember the commentary. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm. I'm a lightweight. So I mean, once I got like that third shot of Maker's Mark, I'm like, oh God, you're a bitch. You know, one of those <laughs> things. We tried to do a drinking commentary with uh, our film, and it. Uh, yeah, we ordered a pizza halfway through, and oh, then it showed up. And, yeah, it, it, we didn't end up putting it on the DVD. It just really. Yeah, it got it went downhill. It went bad real quick. <laughs> there were a lot I've of written, incriminating things on that uh, commentary. <laughs> I've written when I was stone ass drunk one time, and I and I banged out twenty four pages in one night. And I was like, oh man, this is really awesome. And the next morning when I read it, I'm like, this is utter fucking shit. Yeah, I can't I can't do a drunk. It's like I can't do it coffee. Maybe yeah. if like if I have one drink, then then I could do it. But no, it, no nothing's good coming out when I'm drinking. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, for writing, I mean, like uh, I would I would say drink, go out. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, write about that. Yeah, then that that that. It totally helps. I've had like good um, spitball sessions though of fleshing stuff out like with a few people over Drunk? drinks, but yeah, really? yeah, like uh, planning out a plot line and everything. As long as you can write down the point form notes of what that what that was, then you can flesh it out sober. I've had good like luck with that, um, but other than that, no, not much else. Even even in music for me, like everything just worked so much better sober for me. And that's a good note to stay sober, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all you want, but yeah, just stay sober. But stay sober. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Dakota, I really enjoyed our chat, and I really enjoyed having you on the podcast. And if you make you, something man. again or you want to come on talk about a short you made or uh, your previous film, we can do that sometime. I uh, would love to have you back on the podcast, talk more oh, awesome. music and uh, film. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Game over, man. Game over. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lost Commentary, on Instagram at Raiders of the Lost Commentary, and like us on Facebook. I'll be back.